Listen up, I'm an American And I know just what to be scared of when I hear the word for and I go Immediately down to the grocery coat For my anti-tears and do-it-yourself Home kit that they got there up on the shelf With my stubbornly health I can't get exploded Haven't got wealth enough to devote it In such large measure to picking up bits So I'd better be prepared on the therapist tip And I do that there in the simplest way By carefully considering Canada And deeming its shiftiness quotient high Got an ocean wide and it's ocean size And I'm mostly fine with your people But watch it, Canadian gust strikes me as unpatriotic Let me get this straight Provinces, not states Who's your presidency? That's what I meant Post the border guard Prepare to bombard Countrymen, I see to ya Beware that is Brother Frontalot preaching the dangers of trusting our terroristic neighbors to the north in the 51st state, those in Canada. Welcome to uh, Schwimm's Not Yet Named podcast, which has now begun slipping into a tri or quad monthly uh, recording uh, schedule. Uh, rigorous, I tell you. I've, uh, I've just been exhausted, which is, uh, is my way of apologizing for not being able to, to keep up with the demands of the bi-monthly schedule. Um, where I am me, you are you, and together we make better solar eclipse shadow puppets. Um, the good thing about doing this at such a relaxed pace is I get to share more funny content with you. So let's just get started right away. Um, I'm going to knock out Facebook right away. I know, geez, seems to be uh, a, a popular thing, but I promise I'm not beating on, on, uh, on Zuckerberg and crew uh, unfairly. It just more and more absurd things kind of get brought to light. Um, so it seems that uh, someone's finally been able to uh, kind of quantify a little bit uh, how widely uh, they can throw their net um, to, to kind of keep track of you as you're on the web. So I think I explained to you, when you log into Facebook and then you stay logged in, you kind of keep those cookies on, log, you know, stored in your browser and then you go visit all the websites around the web um, anytime you see those uh, Facebook like buttons or share on Facebook or sometimes it, it won't even show anything that website will just be using Facebook's really powerful analytics application um, so they'll be able to um, see a lot of info about their visitors, um, you know, what what their browsing habits are, the computers, where they came from, where they went afterwards, stuff like that. So you won't necessarily see anything relating to Facebook on that page, but they can still be using the system. Um, and when you are logged into Facebook and then you go visit another site, uh, that is able to attribute your Facebook unique identifier uh, to that website and every other website you visit. So all those Facebook-enabled uh, sites that you visit um, kind of send the data back home, and your file is made a little bit larger um, to, to uh, give them a, a better picture. So Facebook wins because they're they're getting a, a larger uh, file on you and the person using the Facebook logins or like buttons or analytics uh, systems are winning because they're getting all of that added kind of uh, usability. So they've come up with kind of a number for the number of sites that Facebook is able to, to track you on and the number is 8.4 million websites and uh, this was on the outline.com um, and this was in May of 18th so I imagine the numbers grown some um, so and also I, I'll say this if even if you don't have a Facebook account 
they're still tracking and gathering up uh, the websites you visit via a unique identifier just do, it doesn't have a facebook account tied to it but they still do have the information on you so they can store that and kind of keep it and it allows them to serve advertisements based on your viewing history regardless of whether you're logged in or not so um what we had talked about was uh you use facebook in a uh, private uh, viewing session. So like if you're on Facebook, you can open new private window and then go into Facebook. Um, and then Chrome has an incognito mode. Uh, if you're on your phone, you can download Metal or Swipe or another app like that, which uh, uses Facebook's mobile uh, web template in like a container. So anything you do in those apps uh, doesn't cross over into your browsing history and your sessions and stuff like that. So uh, if you don't want that really large uh, uh, list of everything you're doing handed over to them, those are the ways that you can kind of uh, keep that at bay a little bit. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's coming to the, the notice of, of the UK mostly. Um, that Facebook may be uh, getting too powerful, uh, too much under one single umbrella, and um, and we'll we'll do the 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 uh, data protection stuff in just a second, but um, it it was part of what they had talked about. So it it was it, their estimate is eight to eleven million websites, um, and then. Uh, of course, uh, the outline that I was reading it on uh, had to uh, uh, throw in a, a little footnote there that they were using the analytic system as well. So Facebook was tracking you on their website as you read about Facebook tracking you on websites, which is kind of like I think it's like the going to be the the uh, subject for Inception Part Two, the Facebookening. Um, so. It, it, it was explaining how uh, you could you could use a, a private browsing session and stuff like that, but for the most part, it, it, you know, mo it's too much trouble for most people. So you end up, you know, just as a learning experience how they're doing it. And it, and it's it's not just Facebook uh, doing it. Whenever you see those share buttons for anything like Twitter or, or uh, you know uh, Instagram, pin it, Pinterest, um, stuff like that. It, it, you have to understand that that system is uh, tying your identifier to the site you're on when you see that button. So a um, little, little bit more information on that. Uh, and I, I um, also read an article. Um, it says that uh, Facebook has applied for patents to use your camera to read your facial expressions and determine how you feel about what you see on your screen. Um, and then also using your phone's microphone to eavesdrop and find out what television programs you're watching and uh, tracking your phone's location in the middle of the night to find out where you live. So <clears throat> it's not that these systems are in place, but Facebook has already applied for patents to do those three things. Um, and, and it, not to, to be the tinfoil hat guy, you, you, you know, I'm not, you can't say that, that those are the, the scenarios that, that they're intending to use them, but you do have to understand that those are scenarios in which they could be used. Um, and all they would need to do is add a couple sentences to the terms of service that you will never, ever read. Um, and then, you know, when you when you log into Facebook the next time and you get that little pop up that they've updated their terms of service and you should t set aside 23 and a half hours with your favorite attorney and uh, read through it. And then don't click that except until you read through it. Um, just come back to Facebook tomorrow and get all your notifications. Um, those new lines could be in there. So um, it, it was. Uh, 
It was uh, Sahil Chinoy, a graphics editor for the New York Times that reviewed hundreds of Facebook patent applications and dubbed many of them creepy. Uh, it says uh, the four creepiest, and that was what we, what we had discussed. A patent for using your device's front-facing camera to read your facial expressions and determine how you feel about what you see on the screen. A patent for using your phone's microphone to eavesdrop on you, determining which television programs you're watching and whether the ads are muted. It would also use the electrical signals emitted by your television to identify programs. And third, a patent that would track your weekly routine. It also might use your phone's location in the middle of the night to determine where you live or at least sleep. Uh, so if you spend more time over at your friends with benefits than your own house, um, let them know to read the terms of service. And for a patent that would use your posts and messages and credit card transactions to predict your major life events, such as birth, marriage, graduation, or death, advertisers particularly value knowing such events might occur soon. Um, and uh, let's see, let's see, uh, it says, does all this make the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end? Not to worry, says Facebook, Facebook VP Alan Lowe, head of intellectual property. Most of the technology outlined in these patents has not been included in any of our products and never will be, he told the Times in an email. So I guess the more uh, uh, understanding of us and, and less cynical of us would say that they may just be grabbing these patents as a way to make some money, uh, like the patent trolls do, um, selling off the rights or leasing the rights to patents to less scrupulous companies. But uh, with, with the understanding of how Facebook already tracks you and tries to track you, um, I'm going to fall into the more cynical pool, I think, on this one. So there's a little bit more about it, but for the most part, uh, it's it's uh, Facebook promising that they just uh, applied for those patents just because, not to worry, guys. And um, this is uh, this is a little bit of information. I told you about the the really hard hitting questions that the uh, uh, American government uh, uh, pummeled uh, Mark Zuckerberg with in the hearing, um, like my son loves uh, Instagram, and I was the first to use my Facebook address. Um, well, the, the UK is the ones that, that uh, or is the entity that everyone is trying to protect themselves against as companies. So that rash of, um, of, uh, terms of service updates that you got was primarily, well, solely because of the, the uh, GDPR uh, deal going on in the UK right now. The UK is actually attempting to protect uh, their citizens against this uh, blanket kind of surveillance state type of thing without letting the users know. Um, so you got those terms of service updates because all of these companies are, are, and corporations are international. They have to uh, uh, adhere to these rules, and um, they, there's really no incentive to uh, split up these terms of service notifications to only those in the UK because then, then you're dealing with two different systems and there's no point to it. Um, they know that everyone just clicked OK and no one read them. Um, so there's really no harm in, in, uh, in popping these notices up and sending an email out to, to an American person because they, they, they're not going to read them. So that was why you got all of them. But th this uh, article on Vox.com explained some of the questions, uh, passed on some of the questions that they were uh, that they were asking over there because Mark Zuckerberg had to go over there as well and um, gloss over questions without truly answering them. And uh, so he did that. Uh, but um, there were there were some uh, 
pretty good questions actually asked instead of the kind of comical ones by the old white men um, that that um, accept the money from the lobbyists and the corporations on our side of the pond. Um, it says the hearing reinforced that Europe's going to be a lot more aggressive in regulating and scrutinizing Facebook. On Friday, Europe will enact the GDPR, uh, a new privacy law designed to make sure users know and understand the data companies collect about them and the consent to sharing it. Um, and the difference was noted by lawmakers, says we're in, here in terms of regulation, uh, and the United States is here gesturing down with the other, uh, saying uh, they, they, you know, they held up one hand really high to explain where uh, the UK was in terms of regulation, and then put their other hand down towards the ground and said the United States is around here. Um, and Zuckerberg said Facebook is prepared to be fully compliant from day one, but the lawmakers were a little, a little skeptical. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it says, um, Guy, this is a good one, Verhofstadt of the Alliance of Liberals and Democrats for Europe uh, wondered whether Zuckerberg had lost control of his company and noted that Facebook had apologized time and time again for its misdeeds since its inception. And he joked that Facebook has already said it's sorry three times this year, and it's only May. And he asked if he was capable of fixing it, and um, that if you've already confronted so many dysfunctions in the system, there has to be a problem, clearly, he said. Um, so um, they, they asked about the the Facebook's uh, status as a monopoly, um, whether there really was any true competition in it. Um, and uh, Weber uh, suggested that they should start discussing breaking up of, of Facebook and uh, asked if, if he could be convinced not to do so. Um, and uh, Sid Syed Kamal of the European Conservatives uh, and Reformists asked how non-Facebook users could stop the company from collecting their data. Uh, Gabriel, uh, Gabrielle Zimmer, um, geez, these, these uh, uh, political group names are just fantastic. She's the head of the European United Left Nordic Green Left. Um, I, I feel like we're really missing out here with just uh, elephants and donkeys. I mean, we, we need some... We need some awesome group names. It would probably get the younger uh, uh, populace out to vote. Anyway, um, uh, asked how Facebook's philosophy about the treatment of women has changed since the days of Face Smash, a site to compare women by their looks. Zuckerberg created in college, um, and I, I explained Face Smash to you before. Um, it was a... Uh, a completely harmless and tongue-in-cheap uh, website that uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, created on his own uh, to rate and, and uh, uh, either uh, uh, promote uh, women or shame them for not being pretty enough. And, uh, and that is not at all uh, chauvinistic. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Diane Dodds told the story of a 17-year-old boy who killed himself after being bullied on Facebook. And, and I, I understand these points, and I, I love, uh, as, as everybody knows, I love to, to uh, poke Facebook for their misdeeds. But bullying is going to happen no matter what. If, if you had to tie the note to the leg of a carrier pigeon um, and send it to your victim, it would still happen. Uh, Facebook's just a, a, a channel that, that people use, kids use right now. Um, uh, Claude Moraes of the British Labour Party asked whether the data privacy questions come out after the Cambridge Analytica scandal is actually the tip of the iceberg, or is there a bigger iceberg? And, um, and uh, Verhofstadt also asked uh, a couple things, said, you have to ask yourself how you will be remembered. And as one of the big three internet giants together with Steve Jobs, I should say, 
and Bill Gates who have enriched our world and our societies, or at the other hand, in fact, as a genius who created a digital monster that is destroying our democracies and our societies. And then there's quite a bit more article down below, but basically it explains uh, how face or, or Zuckerberg uh, spoke for a period of time without actually answering anything, which uh, is to be expected. You get put on the hot seat and you don't get a chance for your uh, uh, handlers and attorneys to, to form uh, responses that protect you fully. You're not going to get any answers. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg isn't going to stand there and say, well, as a matter of fact, I do think we are a monopoly. Or, yes, I'm helping destroy society, but I also connect you with your elementary schoolmates. Um, so he, he did that. Um, and uh, as, as a segue from me uh, off of Facebook, um, I did read an article in The Guardian that says uh, Facebook surveillance is nothing compared with Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon. So that's a, uh, a positive note to end uh, Facebook on this time is that it, it can be worse, and it is through other uh, companies. Um, so they're, they're doing the same thing. They're just siphoning your data through... Uh, you're, if you're using them as your uh, internet service provider and uh, your uh, call carrier uh, and your SMS uh, text uh, message gateway, then of course they're going to have a lot of this information. Um, you can use uh, you can use uh, anonymous uh, and encrypted uh, messaging systems. Um, like Signal, uh, you can use in regards to using them as your internet service provider, you can uh, send it through a proxy um, or a VPN. So you can sign up for like NordVPN uh, and send your data through that. So everything, and this applies also to your desktop computer, um, everything that you send uh, uh, to the website you're visiting will be encrypted at your end go through the internet tubes uh, and when it gets to the end of the VPN, it gets unencrypted and then spit out and sent to the website. So there's a period of, of space in that system where it can be read, but where it gets attributed to you uh, at the ISP uh, point, um, it's encrypted and Comcast and AT&T and Verizon can't do anything with that data. And then in, in terms of your phone calls, um, who in the hell uses the phone? So you guys don't deserve uh, any protections if you're still calling me and making me answer the phone. So stop it. Uh, you deserve what you get. Um, so I think I'm, uh, I, I'm done with Facebook this, one, this time. Uh, I would like to... Uh, give this guy accolades, um, or I'm sorry, uh, this girl, Sarah Chodish of Popular Science uh, states the obvious and says California needs to stop saying everything causes cancer. Um, so yeah, if, you've, if you've been around for the last 40 years or so, uh, you'll, you'll notice uh, on a lot of things that you purchase, um, that it says, uh, if you live in California, um, this piece of toast can cause cancer. Uh, so uh, growing up, I thought as long as you didn't live in the state, you were safe. There was something about uh, being within those state lines that uh, modified the uh, item in question and caused it to kill you. Um, but it seems, after reading this, that that is not the case. It seems that California uses a completely set of different set of guidelines to determine whether or not something causes cancer. So, aside from uh, the the boy who cried wolf syndrome, where if if everything causes you cancer, eventually you just give up paying attention to what causes cancer. So um, it, it's it's um, 
Proposition 65, apparently, which is a California state law that requires businesses with 10 or more employees to provide reasonable warning about the use of any chemicals the state has decided could cause cancer, birth defects, or other reproductive harm. Uh, one of the chemicals is acrylamide. Uh, I think I got that right, which is in a rodent study uh, pinned as a possible carcinogen. It's found in almost everything that's cooked at a high temperature. And because of a particularly litigious law firm, uh, this is going to shock you, sued the state for not properly warning residents uh, about that uh, uh, element in coffee, California is now on the verge of requiring all coffee shops and manufacturers to include a warning on the beverage that it may cause cancer. So, surprise, surprise, a law firm uh, thought that there was some money in a uh, uh, lawsuit uh, so they could uh, get uh, some recourse, reparations as it were, for uh, all that coffee they drank um, while staying up late at night and protecting their clients from other litigious lawsuits. So um, it goes on to say that the problem is that coffee doesn't cause cancer. While acrylamide uh, might cause cancer in very high doses, uh, the amount that you find in your food is, is completely harmless. Um, and you've been unintentionally eating it your whole life because it's in everything from potato chips to roasted asparagus. Um, it's just something that occurs when something's cooked at a high heat. Um, so uh, it says when the media exploded about about the uh, the element in French fries last year, um, professor of the public understanding of risk at the University of Cambridge. Uh, ooh, there's another good one. David Spiegelhalter. Uh, said adults with highest consumption of acrylamide could consume 160 times as much and still only be at the level that toxicologists think unlikely to cause increased tumors in mice. So uh, you would have to eat a lot of French fries. So, and, and then they did uh, mention that if you're eating 160 times, uh, then you need to worry about the uh, high calorie count of your uh, fried potatoes. So, um, here's some of the things that a uh, that this Prop 65 in its in its current form. Uh, so this is a list that Popular Science came up with that you should be very wary of if you live in the uh, state of California. First is uh, Tiffany lamps, uh, those really gorgeous like stained glass kind of lamps uh, could kill you dead. Um, and uh, it says that they have to have a warning label, uh, that lampshades have lead in them. Since lead is a carcinogenic, uh, they have to get a label. Um, don't lick the lampshade pretty much is what it comes down to. Amusement parks, uh, the metal dust and diesel fumes given off by your favorite amusement park rides. Uh, could give you cancer. Uh, the food you're eating there could give you cancer. Uh, so definitely stay away from amusement parks. Um, hotels and boats, uh, the exhaust fumes from the recreational vehicle. Uh, wooden furniture and flooring. Um, there tends to be some wood dust, and wood dust is dangerous. Uh, then they come up with tuna for the mercury. Uh, pumpkin puree because of the uh, acrylamide in the pumpkin uh, filling, uh, potatoes, of course, and all alcohol. So that's your list of things that even if it doesn't have a uh, label on it, you should be careful of if you live in the state of California. Um, and next up uh, is this. This is uh, pretty fantastic. This is from the Inquisitor. Um, it seems that Jesse Duplantis, a prosperity preacher, so you have, uh, I guess, subsets of, of uh, preaching. Um, you have um, uh, trying to save your soul. Uh, you have the, uh, the, the preachers that uh, kind of, instead of the carrot, they go to the stick and you will burn in a fiery pit of, uh, of brimstone. Um, 
if you don't uh, fall in line. And then you've got prosperity preachers, apparently. Um, he would like his flock to pay for a $54 million private jet. Says that God wants him to have it. Um, he hosts This Week with Jesse, which after reading this, I am going to uh, at least listen to one because I just have to know. Uh, he, he's eyeing a $54 million private jet, and he'd like you, if you're a member of his flock, to pay for it. Uh, the Christian Post reports that Duplantis is claiming he needs the Falcon 7X for his ministry um, because it will allow him to go to places that he wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, you know, those, uh, those third world country uh, areas where, where poverty is rampant, but they have a really fantastic uh, paved runway uh, uh, for jet landings. Um, and he's owned private jets before, three of them, uh, but he's burned them up for the Lord, he said. Uh, in his extensive ministry. And so he has his sights on a DeSalt Falcon X, um, which comes with a price tag in the $54 million range, uh, depending on the features you select. And I'm sure DePlantis will uh, select the bare bones because he just seems that type of guy suffering for the Lord, uh, flagellating himself. Um, he admits that the juxtaposition of a man of cloth against a multi-million dollar private jet may strike some as odd, but a man needs what a man needs. Now, some people believe that preachers shouldn't have jets. I really believe that preachers ought to go on every available voice, every available outlet, to get this gospel preached to the world. Uh, that was his quote. Um, and um, when asked why he couldn't fly commercial, uh, the Washington Times reported that he and another prosperity preacher, Kenneth Copeland, said that commercial aircraft are filled with a bunch of demons who will bog down their ministries by telling them their prayer requests. So uh, when, when they get on that commercial flight, and they go to sit down, they get accosted by a bunch of demons telling them their prayer requests. So if you're not catching the subtleties, uh, the people on that plane, uh, they're not people to be saved or potential flock, flocki, flow? I don't know, the singular of flock, flick. Uh, that that uh, 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 flicker, um, that person is a demon, and they will uh, viciously, uh, I guess, uh, assault the the prosperity preacher with their prayer requests. So that's a guy that you want trusting your mortal soul to, I guess, um, and of course. He expects his followers to pay for it, uh, but, but he's crowdfunding it because God told him to, uh, he said. Um, so it, it says Doc Johnson uh, uh, posted, I guess, tweeted, um, says, we love you, Jesse. You got $1,000 from my family, and I personally see more coming your way. Jesus and all of us are followers. Love you. Uh, the world needs you out there preaching the gospel of the Lord. So whether it's tongue-in-cheek or he actually paid $1,000, uh, there's a chance to plan this, is a, a good chance, I would say, that he's going to end up with this uh, jet. Um, so uh, if you're in need of, of a person to teach you uh, how to be prosperous and you need to give some of the money you don't yet have away, uh, take take a gander at Jesse. Uh, he, he may be just the outlet you need. Um, uh, we've got a serial dine and dash dater. Uh, he's been leaving women with the restaurant bill for at least three years uh, on Oddity Central. 
uh, Paul Gonzalez, it seems, uh, he, he uh, uses dating apps to come up uh, with uh, perfect matches. And then he goes on dates and uh, then he just slips out the back door after, oop, <laughs> that's an unintended uh, double entendre, um, slips out the side door uh, after he eats a dinner. So it says that uh, uh, one of Gonzalez's most recent victims, um, that she met a man on dating app, agreed going on date with him, and they enjoyed a scrumptious dinner and had coffee. The man reportedly started talking about his sick aunt and about how worried he was, and then he excused himself to get the charger for his phone from the car, but never came back, leaving her to cover the $130 bill. So it says he ordered a salad with shrimp, filet mignon. He went all out, the woman said. And then all of a sudden, he's like, my car charger, my phone's dying, and I'm waiting on a call from my mom and my aunt. So uh, he split. She paid the bill and went home. So um, it seems that quite a lot of women came forward um, with this guy. So I think, uh, I do think that there is a, uh, a chance that we, we could have another potential Me Too movement um, where uh, everyone who got stuck with the bill uh, could uh, have a, a hashtag movement to get behind. And, of course, we wouldn't let guys in on it, um, but, you know, um, women, you're welcome to that hashtag. And uh, uh, me too, subset, dine and dash. If that's not too long of a hashtag, you could go for that and, and pick up some steam and maybe get, uh, we could have a class action lawsuit. In uh, California, dining and dashing causes cancer, and the rest of the states could get you like 10 years in prison. Um, and then on the Inquisitor, uh, I've got an article that says uh, hot dog water promises several health benefits, uh, but does it really work? And they go through uh, to find that um, it seems that... Uh, Someone is bottling it, and they're touting several health benefits. And for a, a, only $30 a bottle, uh, you could purchase the bottled hot dog water. Um, and it promised drinkers relief from inflammation, improvement of cognitive function, help with weight loss, and a more youthful appearance. Uh, and it's got one hot dog inside, and then... Um, other processed meat products available at the company's booth included hot dog water, lip balm, breath spray, and body fragrance. Uh, so if you need more youthful skin and to smell like cow lips and assholes, uh, you've got your chance. Um, it, it seems uh, it, surprisingly that it's been debunked. Um, so, no, uh, hot dog water doesn't. Um, and then I found a, a lot of articles uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, this is going to surprise you, uh, but uh, after, after walking out of the uh, climate talks and hanging out with the likes of um, North Korean dictators and... Uh, Russian presidents, uh, that the U.S. is also opposing a breastfeeding resolution uh, that was uh, was uh, proposed um, by the World Health Organization. And um, they, they explain, uh, the U.S. explains that it's not because, uh, you know, the lobbyists for, for the uh, uh, infant formula is 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 a lucrative business, not at all. It's because we want women to know that they have the choice, and we don't want them to think that they have to breastfeed. So, um, so they opted out of that, and um, 
went so far as to like to, to ban the ability to say that uh, uh, breastfeeding was was the uh, chosen or uh, preferred option. So uh, surprise, surprise, uh, the U.S. Um, would like you to buy uh, infant formula if if you um, if you're pregnant or nursing. Uh, stop nursing. So you should only be pregnant or, or with a uh, recent child. Don't breastfeed under any circumstances. Which uh, moves us on to another thing that uh, the U.S. Um, has done to protect the uh, consumer, uh, even though it might not look at, like it at first glance. Okay. Uh, our FCC chairman, Idjit Pai, uh, and if, if I've if I have mispronounced that name, Idjit, I apologize. Um, they would like to force uh, a new ruling uh, that says consumers now need to pay two hundred and twenty-five dollars to review complaints against telecoms, telecoms being uh, telecommunication uh, providers, what we, had, what we had talked about. So um, we had talked about the net neutrality repeals uh, where, where telecoms could uh, uh, slow uh, data to uh, unpreferred and maybe non-paying uh, entities and speed up the transfer to uh, either their own interests or, or, or entities that are paying them, which of course makes it their interest. Uh, but so say you're a little angry that you can't get to your uh, kitten videos on, on a smaller uh, website or, or provider, and you would like to review the complaints for that provider to see if maybe other people are having that problem. Um, well, what they would like to do, it says, um, the FCC accepts two types of complaints, informal ones and formal ones. It costs nothing to file an informal complaint and 225 to file a formal one, given that consumers almost always file informal complaints. Besides the filing fee, formal complaints kick off a court-like proceeding in which the parties appear before the FCC and file numerous documents to address legal issues. And it's not an easy process for consumers to go through. So it says that Idjit argues that this will streamline the process. And he's right, uh, because um, the process will be then taken out of uh, the consumer's hands completely uh, because... People either cannot afford uh, the 225, or they're not going to pay the 225 to form a complaint uh, when they know that nothing will occur due to the complaints being filed. Um, because uh, oversight. Um, so it says. Uh, so if they file an informal one, it says here that. Uh, while silencing uh, the the public or the white noise, as they would say, um, that Idjit argues that the FCC will be making the formal complaint system more robust and in doing so uh, more effective in handling Internet service provider violations. Uh, and the ISPs will still be required to respond to the informal complaints. But that is not exactly the case, it says. Even if the telecom provider fails to reply to an informal complaint, the only recourse would be filing a formal one. The commission will notify the complainant that if the complainant is not satisfied by the carrier's response or if the carrier has failed to submit a response by the due date, the complainant may file a formal complaint. The proposed version of the FCC-compliant rule says... By contrast, the current version of the rule says the commission will contact the complainant regarding its review and disposition of matters raised. If the complainant is not satisfied by the carrier's response and the commission's disposition, it may file a formal complaint. So it dumps off all of the formal complaints. So if you're being abused, 
by a big business, by, by one of these telecoms, uh, you uh, can file an informal complaint, which they can completely ignore because your only recourse is to pay the 225 to file a formal complaint, which also, as it explains, can eventually be completely ignored. Um, so uh, that's a new protection for you. Uh, just so you're aware, uh, that's your government working for you. Um, and now let's get to more, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I can say more absurd, but kind of more pop culture absurd uh, and more fun. So you remember the uh, Las Vegas shooting where uh, the MGM Resort uh, played host to a guy with like 20 or 30 rifles uh, who fired down on a, uh, a uh, concert before killing himself. And um, there were about, I guess, about a thousand people uh, there that were affected in some way or another. So um, the MGM Resort is suing over a thousand Las Vegas shooting victims so they can bypass liability issues. Uh, so uh, on the complex, it says uh, that a thousand victims are being sued by MGM Resorts uh, as a way for the company to fend off any liability claims from the shooting, uh, and that they have asserted they can't be held accountable for the multiple deaths. Uh, and it says uh, they added that all claims made against them must be dismissed. So, um, so in our system. Um, this is how you protect yourselves uh, against uh, libelous or, or, or uh, uh, litigious uh, uh, cash grabs, is you first uh, strike the victims with a lawsuit of your own uh, just to protect yourself. Um, because if you do uh, manage to fall pray to one of these uh, huge class action suits, um, it, it can just, it can be financially crippling. So what, what we do, our system is uh, you just fill up the courts as quickly as possible, I guess. And, and you, you sue a thousand people before the thousand people, or, or probably while the thousand people are suing you, if I had to, if I had to guess, um, and that is our legal system at work, uh, is is to <laughs> to because it makes sense to sue a thousand people who were shot at at a uh, country music concert. Um, and I will not make the joke that if anybody should have been shot, it was the person singing country music. I will not go there. So uh, moving on. Uh, also on the complex, uh, parents sue 30-year-old son for refusing to move out. Um, it seems that a judge ordered Michael Rotondo to leave his domicile after being in the contested room for eight years. Uh, so age of 30, um, Michael, who represented himself uh, full for a client, uh, contended that there is a common law requirement of six-month notice to quit before tenant may be removed through ejectment action. Uh, the judge disagreed, said the parent's eviction notice was sufficient. Uh, Michael told reporters that he plans to appeal the ruling, calling it ridiculous. Um, so they gave him several notices to move out, and uh, they began proceedings to evict him. Uh, and they uh, offered up assistance to him when he finally when he finally does move out, and um, he wasn't given proper legal notice. He says so. His parents uh, politely asked him to move, and he said no. And then over a span of eight months, apparently, uh, they uh, began demanding that he gets out of the house. He said no. They said we'll help you financially. He said fuck off. Um, and we've ended up where Michael has <laughs> had to go to court because he refuses to move out of his parents' home. So, uh, you know, geez, I don't know. 
uh, my my childhood room's looking pretty good right about now. And uh, a squatter's rights. Um, okay. We're going to... One last kind of uh, absurdity. And uh, this, is, this is pretty awesome. Uh, before we get to our tech tip of the day. Uh, or I guess three months span. Um, you guys remember Fred Rogers? Uh, the... Uh, the, the guy in the, in the sweater that made you feel better about the world and, and uh, answered questions that you had as a, as a kind of confused uh, youngin and uh, let you know that everything was all right and that you were a valuable human being. Um, it seems that uh, Fox News... Hmm, Blames him for ruining an entire generation. So, um, in the article, it says that uh, critically acclaimed new documentary about Fred Rogers uh, was um, was making it big. And uh, hold on a minute, I've got a cat that's hopping in my lap. Okay, um, the the documentary came out uh, a while ago, and. Um, uh, after uh, Mr. Rogers uh, passed away. Um, it says that the hosts of Fox and Friends uh, devoted a large portion of their uh, a little talk show to the questions of whether or not Mr. Rogers is to blame for ruining an entire generation. Um, and, and, of course, there, there was tongue-in-cheek and, and, and hyperbole involved, but, but what it was was... Uh, they they were coming to the the thought process that um, it says Roger's sin was in telling the children that they're special, even if they didn't deserve it, um, and and that uh, it's very clear uh, one must earn the distinction of being special. And he didn't say if you want to be special, you have to work hard. Uh, said one of the the uh, hosts was that the world owes you nothing, and you got to prove it. Um, which would have been an awesome uh, neighborhood episode, I think. Um, and then they discussed that the damage Mr. Rogers had done, blaming him for uh, the sense of entitlement that's destroying the kids, the whippersnappers of today, them young'uns on their lawns. Uh, and uh, a viewer doubled down, it says, uh, blaming Sesame Street and Dr. Spock for the youth's perceived ills, um, and then asserting uh, that he intentionally, unintentionally did a whole generation or two a disservice. Um, so uh, when, I, when I think back uh, at, at Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, um, and I watched it a lot, uh, it was a an awesome break uh, from kind of the fear of childhood, where everything kind of scared you. Your parents yelling at each other, or you know, going to school and being made fun of, or you know, things that you didn't understand on the news that your dad watched on 60 Minutes. Uh, you know, he was a uh, kind of like a cold compress. Uh, on the on the fears of the world, and he just kind of talked you down for thirty minutes, and got you through a period in which you learned something uh, you didn't know, while being taught that you deserved a place in the world just like everyone else. Um, he never called anyone a snowflake. Uh, he never said that you uh, deserved accolades for doing or for not doing certain things, in spite of the fact that you hadn't achieved greatness at the age of six. Um, it was just an awesome uh, kind of cool-down uh, period, and he was an awesome guy. And uh, it, it, I always find it uh, somewhat humorous uh, that, that these people um, that blame any previous generation. It isn't, 
It, it has nothing to do with this current generation. It happens every generation. Uh, the older generation blames the younger generation uh, or solitary influences on the younger generation uh, for their downfall. And there always is a downfall in their eyes, a complete breakdown in the generation that can't be rectified because it's just too large. The, 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 that generation just is, needs to be swept under the rug and we try again. Uh, without ever stopping to think that that older generation created them and formed them and taught them and guided them and created laws for them and made them who they are. And there's this kind of uh, um, just complete unawareness uh, that that that's how these generations that you come to loathe uh, come into existence and become who they are. And while there are individuals that didn't have anything to do with it in that particular older generation, um, you know, if you're, you're blaming the uh, other people that brought the, the corrupt and, and uh, uh, corrupting influence of Sesame Street and Fred Rogers into the world, um, while you didn't say uh, that needed to happen as a whole and as a majority, uh, your generation did. So while there always are um, outliers there that can truly say they didn't have a hand in what that younger generation became, um, all of the people around you did, all the people your age did. So, uh, you know, relax. Uh, there, there's always going to be a, uh, a dislike and distrust um, of the, the people younger than you because uh, your brain quits <laughs> quits being quite so elastic and, and absorbing so much stuff. You, you get to a point where you just want your uh, 90s grunge music and um, 550 jeans and t-shirts that that look like they came out of a 1990s Goodwill. Um, and everything after that uh, is to be uh, spat upon. Um, just relax. It's going to be okay. Um, Fred Rogers didn't, didn't ruin anything. He was a pretty awesome dude. Um, and look how great I turned out. So, I mean, that, that should speak for itself. All right. And our tech tip, this is, this is uh, almost borders on the obvious, but I, I did want to point it out. If you go to YouTube, do a search for uh, Ink Cartridges Are a Scam, and it is done by uh, Austin McConnell is the uh, channel name. Um, but do a search for Ink Cartridges Are a Scam, and you will find a pretty interesting where he was uh, a tech support for a company. Um, and he explained how when you managed to get an English-speaking uh, tech support, uh, their job was to spend 20% of the time um, solving your problem and then 80% of the time uh, trying to sell you stuff. So he was explaining how he was going through that and uh, he was do, uh, doing that process, uh, performing that process uh, with a college student. So he was going through the sales pitch and on the page uh, the, on his computer that explained uh, the prices that he was supposed to ask, what they would do was uh, they would take things about to go on clearance and push those. Uh, so they could they would try to sell them full price before they had to clearance them at a discounted price. So you would get a printer that was being discontinued uh, and would have no support, and you would pay full price for it during that tech support call. And then a week later, they would be pushed out at a discounted price on their website or something. So he was, he was performing that uh, process, and uh, the page that he was looking at, which explained the retail pricing, uh, that he was supposed to uh, uh, sell that item at. It also had their cost below it, 
and um, so he could see that a printer that he was selling for $129 cost $79 to make. That was the cost. Uh, so he was scrolling down the page and he got to ink cartridges. And it explained that uh, the ink cartridge pack, the, like the four pack you would get for Hewlett Packard, um, he was selling those for $59.95. Uh, so if you looked at the printers, you know, you had you had like a 50% markup a lot of times. Uh, the ink cartridges cost $60 to purchase. Um, the cost to make that pack of ink cartridges was $0.23. Cents. Uh, so he was selling um, those ink cartridges <laughs> just... You know, it, it, he, he went into a lot of detail um, what, what an ink cartridge would cost in regards to, you know, the, the per gallon and things like that. So, and, and he went into the kind of the, the, the way they were able to do it and, and uh, kind of lock out the, the uh, customer from alternatives and things like that. So Hewlett Packard's a big one for that. They, um, they have uh, chips uh, in, in the cartridge that uh, talks to the printer so, so the software on your computer can detect um, that you're not using a legitimate product, a legitimate, uh, genuine HP cartridge. And at best, they warn you every time you print. At worst, it can lock you out of it for your protection. Uh, to keep you protected from those inexpensive cartridges uh, breaking out and, and printing rickrolls uh, in spite of what you want them to do. Um, so you've got not just the markup and not just the, uh, the manipulation of, of you having the audacity to uh, buy an ink cartridge from someone other than them, um, You've got a lot of other tricks that, that your printer does. Um, if you ask for a black and white print, uh, many printers will still inject color into those black uh, grayscale prints um, to help burn up that cartridge in spite of the fact that you're choosing black specifically to keep from using those cartridges. Um, and then the, the tricks just go on and on. Uh, if you have a printer uh, in your cartridges cost as much as the printer did. Um, be sure to uh, check on Amazon. Uh, the, the cartridges uh, that, that you can get, uh, the pirated ones, I guess you would say, or, or the, uh, the fake ones, um, they work just fine for the most part. You'll see uh, uh, some that go too cheap, and, and the reviews, of course, will, will represent that, and you can stay away from them. But there's no, no shame in uh, paying less than the, the price of your car in, in ink um, if, you, if you don't want to go that route. And um, I, I heard somebody in Walmart explaining to his wife uh, that the joke was on them because he just went and bought a new printer, Every time he needed ink, he bought the same printer again because it cost the same as the ink, and he was getting those cartridges uh, basically for free. Or I guess you'd say the printer for free and buying those cartridges. That is not quite the case. When you buy a printer, those cartridges aren't filled to capacity. There's only enough to get you going, and then they'll run out quicker than normal. Uh, so it's like when you buy a razor instead of the razor blades uh, and when you open it instead of the five pack of razor blades you've bought a razor handle and two blades if you're lucky one blade if you're not so that's my my uh captain obvious tech tip for the for the uh three month span is uh don't buy the genuine ink You'll hear horror stories of cartridges that explode or failed or, or taught your cat uh, to cuss. But the reality is uh, the genuine ones do that as well. They're made just as poorly. Um, and 
you're not gaining anything by doing that. Filling your own cartridges, I think, is a little too far off the scale. They usually ends up really messy. The heads uh, uh, begin to fail uh, because they're worn way past their limits. So uh, uh, just buy the knockoff inks. And that's it, guys. Uh, I don't know when I'll see you again, but uh, to my legion of fan, who may or may not be related to me, uh, I hope you have a great week. And with that, I bid you adieu.